Rubble, rubble. <laughs> rubble, rubble, rubble. <laughs> oh, that Hamburglar. <laughs> yeah. Well, you never learn. Oh, you and your beef-related crimes. <laughs> and the home of the Episode 94 of the Hit the Deck Podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. Episode 94, oh, if only 94 had some significance. <laughs> gee, golly gee willikers. If, if only there was some hockey significance to the number 94 that I could think of that would make this relevant and tie it all in. Oh, I have thought of something. Of course, 94, hockey-wise, is most known for being the year of the classic NHL 94 video game by EA Sports, which uh, is a a game that people still talk about for how fun and arcadey feely it is. And you get the stars around the skaters' the feet and to, you know, yeah. to, to, to point them out. I've actually seen somebody designed like a, a floor mat that you can put down <laughs> in that shape with a number on it so you can have your own like star outline at your feet. And oh, uh, yeah, so that's the only significance I can think of for 94 hockey wise. How about you, James? <laughs> You're being very humble because I, I definitely know how you feel about that year and, and I agree with you. But um, yeah, we want to be all inclusive here on the podcast. So I think everybody knows what we're talking about. So we'll leave it at the NHL game, EA Sports. We even brought deck. up last podcast. Come too, get man. your obvious reference. There you go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> how you doing, man? I'm all right. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Just before we get into the podcast and stuff mm-hmm. and Again, uh, Gary and I just want to send out our condolences to the uh, Humboldt Broncos family. Absolutely. The, uh, yeah, that uh, in case you haven't heard it, listener, there was a young team up in uh, Saskatchewan, Canada, that uh, unfortunately had a horrific bus accident. And the count is up to 16 people now that have lost their lives in that accident. So it was uh, you know, a young, bunch of young kids from a very small town. I think it was like 5,000 population or something like that Mm -hmm. and uh you know we'll we'll put up the gofundme page and stuff to a link to that as well so we just wanted to send our condolences out to uh to the families and and the victims of that horrible tragedy and the nhl has done such a great job in doing that as well and even there's a pga player out there who is from canada who uh, donated to the gofundme page as well so it's just really horrible and, and tough and our hearts are with you yep sticks out for humboldt amen to that It kind of reminds me of that movie that was based on an actual tragic event, We Are Marshall, Mm -hmm. where the uh, Matthew McConaughey was in that. I believe that was at the beginning of his reconnaissance, as they call it. But that was, if you're not familiar with that movie, it's about a team of college football players where their plane crashes and the entire team and coaching staff is lost, except for a couple of players that didn't make the trip. So they have to rebuild, and that whole town is centered around their college football team. So they, they have to, like, it's it's devastating. And so I'm sure even though this is a lesser loss of life and it's not strictly built around a school per se, I'm sure this loss is no less devastating to that community. So it is, as you said, a tragedy. And, you know, our prayers, uh, again, I, I can't do much more than echo you, James. Our prayers go out to their family and, and friends and all the people who are affected by this terrible loss. Yeah, absolutely. So we just wanted to get that out there as well and uh, let them know that a little podcast in New York, we have heavy hearts for you. So, um, you know, hockey, as we said in the past, if it's deck hockey, ice hockey, anything in between, that it's a small fraternity and sorority, at least in America. Obviously, in Canada, that's what it's all about. But you relate in some way, shape, or form. 
and uh, we all feel it. And through something horrible like that, but hopefully something good, such as maybe the Stanley Cup Finals or something, when your favorite team makes it or your favorite player wins the cup, you you, you get the the good part of it. But yeah, I mean, nothing's going to replace the loss of a child or brother or sister or whatever the case is. And mm. yeah, like, like you said, you know, hearts and, and prayers are with you. And uh, we just wanted to say that before we got into the fun of the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I, I take the bus every day. So, you know, I can't like it's never in my mind that I might get on that bus and never get off. Like, it's just it's not something that you expect when you're traveling. It's just a oh, well, we've got this boring bus ride to get us from here to where we're going, but it's a necessary evil. You know, it's it's just, it's all part of the deal. So, you know, it's, it's something, and I'm not saying that you, the listener, should, the next time you have to take a bus, you should approach that with trepidation. I'm just saying these things, you know, can happen so suddenly with something so mundane. So you just, you can't expect it. You can't plan for it it's just one of those things and and uh, it's a terrible thing and uh, hopefully this kind of tragedy doesn't happen too often yeah you know what that, that's a great point too people who are afraid of flying for example or uh, whatever the case is the statistics prove that car accidents are much more prevalent and happen i guess just because there are a lot more cars you know pardon the stupidity mm. and uh, so there's a lot more opportunity for bad things to happen and you know buses included as opposed to a plane but uh, when you really think about it it's really rare but when it does happen it's it's just life changing so exactly right man you know we're not saying well, listen just uh, life is precious and and make sure that you say goodnight to your loved ones and and hold no grudges or anything like that because it could just Turn in an instant. Absolutely. All right. Well, that being said, why don't we uh, why don't we try and lighten things up a little bit? Sounds good. I don't know how specifically we're going to do that, but you know it's us, so we'll we'll figure something out. How was your week, James? It was pretty good. Well, uh, on on the good part of the news, I heard some really special, fantastic wrestler showed up at a huge wrestling event over the uh, weekend. Yes, indeed. If you, the listener, are not a wrestling fan, or if you've been under a rock, then you may not know that this past Sunday was WrestleMania, or the Sunday before, or a previous Sunday, depending on when you happen to be listening to this podcast. But yes, as we record, this past Sunday was WrestleMania, the biggest wrestling event of the year. And it is, uh, if you recall back to this time last year, it was with a heavy, heavy heart that James and I had to report that it seemed like The Undertaker had retired. The Undertaker being my personal all-time favorite wrestler and somebody that James is also quite fond of and we have a ton of respect for, as, as does the rest of the wrestling industry. And it, it, it looked for all the world like he had hung up his boots and called it a career. And, you know, I was happy for him. It was bittersweet, but, you know, he earned it. And I, I said as much here on this podcast. And lo and behold... On Sunday, who should show up with a brand new hip and uh, all, all of the gear that he had left in the ring and have himself a, really a short but a pretty great, physically great match, uh, but The Undertaker. So I am of two minds on this, James, I have to admit. On the one hand, I love The Undertaker. It's always great to see him. It makes me happy when he shows up and, and to see him wrestling like he took 10 years off his career, you know, that's great. That that's I'm glad he's in good physical condition cuz it was rough for a while. He he has had a lot of injuries over the course of his career. And so, you know, he wasn't moving too well, but now he is. He seems to be moving very well. And that's great. But on the other hand, the way they ended things last year, he really did seem to be retiring and it was the perfect way to close out his career leaving his stuff in the ring and just kind of lowering through the stage, through the fog and into the, uh, you know, the depths for somebody who's often been so closely associated with death as his character. Anyway, not the man himself, but for a character that's always been so closely associated with death, the idea of, you know, the last side of you being lowered down into the depths of Hades or whatever, that that was appropriate. And, you know, that, that was a great send off for him. And as much as I love to see him back, 
it kind of negates everything that we saw last year. So uh, I don't know. I'm 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 as I said of two minds. What do you think about it, James? Yeah, um, I yeah I I'm with you because first of all, the man has done it all, and and I think he deserves a happy retirement while he could still enjoy it. But if it still is an itch he needs to scratch, I, I love it. I mean, he's one of the all-time, if not the all-time greatest wrestler. So if it works out for both parties, terrific. But he does whatever he wants to do, I guess. That's probably the best thing to, to say is uh, whatever The Undertaker wants to do, he does it. So God bless. You know, if I were more cynical than I am, I might say that it's, it's a lottery ticket that he gets to scratch because he, I'm sure he makes quite the payday for these WrestleMania appearances. Uh, Deservedly so, yeah. He, well, yeah, yes, certainly. Yeah. If anyone has earned it, he has. But I guess... Look, I've never been a professional wrestler and I don't know, you know, I've never had to retire from something that I really, truly love and that's been my whole life. And I've heard stories, you know, and I've observed from guys who have tried to retire and just can't seem to stay away because it's in their blood or whatever. But it just, I don't know, there must be something there that makes it very hard to stay away. And if you can still do it and get you know the temptation of that paycheck no matter how wealthy you already happen to be the temptation of making you know hundreds of thousands of dollars if not a million dollars i mean i have no idea how much he makes for these but the temptation to make that much money for basically a single night's work is it's got to be huge so i i understand why he might be inclined to come back i just i don't know I, I don't know what to think now. I don't know where we go from here. Yeah, well, win-win, you know, I guess. <laughs> I suppose. Well, one place we can go from here is away from wrestling, as this is not the Hit the Mat podcast. <laughs> it is the Hit the Deck podcast. And so we should talk about some hockey hockey. And we have some good topics for you, too. All right. Well, is there anything that we need to catch people up on from last week before we move on? I, I, I can't think of anything but there's something nagging at the back of my head like you should talk about this thing or or you should you should follow up on this thing whatever this thing happens to be i can't i i'm waving my arm around again nobody can see that and but but I, is there anything james or or have i just finally completely lost my mind i lost my mind a while ago so i can't uh, don't ask me all right I, I think we'll probably address one of those things in the on deck okay all right. Well, that works for yeah. me. Okay. <laughs> then we shouldn't keep our, our loyal listeners in suspense any longer. What we should do is introduce ourselves formally and properly, if, if you do not mind. All right. I will take your silence as a, a confirmation that you do not, in fact, mind. So let's jump right into our starting lineup then. And for tonight's starting lineup, in goal as ever, I am number 35, your American Rhino, Gary McComiskey, and of course, my valiant co-host. On defense, number four, I'm James Sajazi. Indeed you are, sir. And <laughs> if you can compose yourself, because you, you do seem to be having, having a, a bit of a tickle right yeah. there, but if you can compose yourself, and if I could impose upon you, would you mind terribly telling us what is on deck for this podcast? I will do so happily. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Put me in, coach. A strength and conditioning coach of the AHL's San Diego Gulls has embraced modern technology to keep his players in peak shape all year round. He shares his methods so that all of us can work on something besides excuses. Deck tourneys. You want to test what kind of shape you're in and or you want to have a lot of fun? The American Rhino and I have a couple of great deck hockey tournaments for you to check out. And who needs a clock? These players have proven what kind of shape they're in by playing in the world's longest hockey game. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're welcome, sir. You know, before we dive into our first topic, there is one thing that I would like to address or, or at least inquire about. And that is to get your opinion, James, and yours, listener. If you would care to share your thoughts, please feel free to email us at hitthedeck at gmail.com or tweet at us at Hit the Deck Pod, or start a conversation on our Facebook page, which is at Hit the Deck. And the question I pose to you, James, is the hockey season is over. The regular season is over. The playoffs have started. Our Rangers, the team for which we hold a torch, uh, the team for which we bleed blue, 
they, they failed. They they have completely missed the playoffs. They had a terrible season. Well, they had half of a terrible season, but that amounts to the same thing. And they 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 are no longer playing. They're golfing or whatever, you know, as is the stereotype. They're off the ice. And right. so the question that I pose to you, James, is does it make me a bad hockey fan that I'm not paying any particular attention to the playoffs now that my Rangers are out of it? Because as I've said before on the podcast, unashamedly, I am a Rangers fan. I am not necessarily a hockey fan, although we do a hockey podcast, which, you know, maybe maybe there's something there, but th- that's not something that I'm prepared to address right now. Uh, just let, Let's just stick to the fandom aspect of things here. Does it make me a bad fan that I'm not, you know, slavishly devoted to the playoffs, even though my team is out of it? No, it doesn't at all. It just makes you a loyal fan to your team. And I think a lot of fans out there feel the same way. And ticket prices reflect that. And so do TV ratings and stuff of that nature. And that's why certain teams get more play than others. And a lot of fans get sick of seeing the same few teams over and over again because the TV ratings are, and the the networks are so greedy. But no, that doesn't make you a bad fan at all. I mean, if you could just watch a highlight or two or maybe even catch a game or two, because there is a lot of great hockey being played, probably the best hockey of the year in the postseason. And at least there's no pressure. You're, you don't have to worry about your team winning or losing. And you could just enjoy the beauty of hockey if you can catch like the Winnipeg series so far. I mean, just one game. It's been so physical and tough between them and the Wild. And uh, congratulations to the Golden Knights winning their first ever playoff game against the LA Kings one nothing by the way so that was a really physical game as well so just a couple highlights right there but no you're not a bad fan at all if anything you're respectful so that all the teams competing in the Stanley Cup playoffs can play and whoever gets there you know god bless but we're not interfering one way or the other it doesn't involve our team it's like it's our family so we're just going to focus on another great team that's doing really well in the world of baseball so no it doesn't make you a bad fan at all it does it well okay let me revisit this here what you just said about Vegas and and Winnipeg both of those franchises just got their first playoff wins and congratulations to both of them and you know I'm kind of pulling for both of those teams because they're both great stories and they're feel-good stories and I want to see them do well so does it make me a disloyal Eastern Conference fan if I'm pulling for Western Conference teams with my team out of it? No, because uh, we got, as Ranger fans, there's quite a few ex-Rangers on Tampa Bay. There's at least one ex-Ranger on Boston. So we have a couple of rooting interests there as well. Uh, and, and good for Superfan Sue, by the way, as her Devils deservedly have made the playoffs. And they unfortunately have the Tampa Bay Lightning to deal with. But, you know, that that's what the playoffs are all about. You never know. Right. But I'm saying that I am... Pulling yeah. for the Western Conference team, yeah. so I am theoretically rooting against those interests. So, because well, I mean, the Rangers are rivals of a lot of these teams in the East, and it's, you know, we we it's in our DNA that we can't root for Pittsburgh. Or I don't care who's on Philadelphia. I'm not rooting for the Flyers for anything unless it's bad. And I guess it's good that the Penguins shellack them seven nothing or something in, the, in their first game of their series. But exactly, it's kind of tough. You're you hate these teams during the regular season. Our team did not make the playoffs, so it, it would kind of be weird to uh, root for another. I mean, I, Gary and I are very, very, very loyal guys, so bandwagon is something that is just so foreign to us, and therefore I, I applaud you for your loyalty and devotion to your favorite hockey team, the New York Rangers. So there's nothing wrong with that. I think a lot of hockey, or I, I guess a lot of fans in general, that's why you have your local teams to root for and, and go crazy about because that's kind of a, I think the average fan is just loyal to your team and it just happens to be a sport that you love and you enjoy, but you're not going to wear another team's colors or even root for them in, in casual manner. Maybe if your favorite player was traded there or something, I could definitely see that as I'm guilty of doing that in baseball, but no, man, I mean, it's, these are the teams that, that you're fighting for and trying to get to the playoffs against. So it would be weird, since your team's not in it, to root for somebody else. I have to say, I, I, I do have that feeling about the bandwagon. I, I liken the bandwagon to uh, like a, a car that drives up, pulls up next to you at, at a red light, or 
as has happened in some cases, unfortunately, in my neighborhood, will park itself on the street near my door and just like blasting music that I don't care for at top volume. You know, I, I have the same reaction to the bandwagon. It's basically, what is that loud, obnoxious vehicle? And, and you know, how quickly can it leave? Exactly. Uh, but that's me. You know, I will say the last thing I'll say on this point is I do feel a little bit like I am disappointing John Lenhart, who was a guest on our podcast last week. And a great guest. And thank you again, John, for being on the show. It was a blast because I know John, and he exhibited this on the podcast, he's so passionate about just hockey generally. And I feel like I can't live up to that. So, John, I apologize to you if I've let you down in some way. Well, he's in the same situation that we are because the Blackhawks didn't make the playoffs either. But at least his team has won the Stanley Cup a few times in the last decade or so, which is pretty impressive. But yeah, he he and some of our friends even went to do some a la March Madness predictions of who's going to advance and who's going to play for the Stanley Cup final. And uh, that's kind of fun to do, I guess. But yeah, you're, you're totally cool that there's you don't have to apologize to anybody and uh, you do what you want to do. That's one of the beauties of this country. And, you know, just get him next year. We're, we're, we're loyal to our Rangers, and, and that's the way it's going to stay. Uh, his, his Notre Dame team did pull things out, you know, and, and have a very successful run. So good on them. So he's got that going for him. Right. And uh, their goalie won the Mike Richter Award, too. Mm-hmm. So very well done. Maybe I should do like a, a pull out of Bill Murray there. Sure, he's got that going for him. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I, I don't know. You know, it's never you never really need an excuse to whip out Bill Murray, right? Absolutely not. And just again, I'm sorry to delay things a little bit longer, but it's going to be worth it. And this is for you, Rob. The Rangers actually fired their head coach, right? So for the last time, who was that man? I believe you're talking about the ex-head coach of the New York Rangers, Alain Thank you very much. That's the only reason why I'm sad that he's gone. But that's it. This is the way that Gary pronounces his name so perfectly. What is Rob going to call himself on Twitter now that AV has been fired? Yeah, I, I, I definitely can't wait to see him. So uh, when you want something so badly and it kind of happens, how do you react to it? I have no idea what that's like. So It's like a dog um, chasing a car. What does he do yeah. with it when he finally catches it? Yeah, you, 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 you got that golden ring, baby. So what are you going to do with it now? Uh-huh. Well, if you're the Florida Marlins, you sell off everybody that you uh, have that's of any value and, and start from the ground up. But that's that's neither here nor there. This is not a baseball podcast. This is not a wrestling podcast. This is not a philosophical hockey podcast. This is a ball hockey podcast and 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 ancillary hockey as well. We, it is not exclusively a ball hockey podcast. We do talk about other things on the podcast, such as minor league hockey conditioning, which is our first topic. And James, if you want to take us through that one. Yes, sir. Now, a lot of the articles that we quote, for some reason, they have names that are so hard to pronounce, but I'll give this a shot. The San Diego Gulls of the American Hockey League, their strength and conditioning coach, Justin Rothling Chauffeur, I think that's how you pronounce the man's name, has come up with, and Gary and I have brought these topics up many a time on the podcast, but he's teamed up with Polar Team Pro, which is all that data that we're talking about and having Sting follow you or whatever, but he has a program where he can condition his team the whole year round. So not only during the hockey season, but he's able to track their progress in the off season and it's all updated and uploaded on his device. It's all stored in the cloud and all that. And he could keep up with, with players as uh, there's really no off season anymore. Now in the past, it used to be that uh, any professional athlete you you'll hear if he was inducted in the hall of fame or, or an interview, whatever the case is that for example, during the summer, you play baseball, and then during the winter, you play hockey. And that's the way you used to keep in shape all year round. But then there was a problem with a lot of wear and tear and injuries and things of that nature. So this is all strictly hockey, as far as I know. And he can see how much rest the players are getting, which is extremely important. He could check up on diet and uh, progress if they're working on anything specifically. And it's all uploaded and instantaneous information. And you could be on the other side of the globe and know how your players are doing. And that should help with conditioning and team philosophy. And even if, you know, teammates are going to work out together and gel 
and you know that when the uh, preseason starts, they're ready to go. And then when the regular season starts, it's like, uh, hey, we've been doing this all year round, so let's get it done. I wonder, now, as you said, this is a lot of the technology that we've been talking about recently on the podcast. And it's like, you know, Fitbit mm-hmm. writ large. You know, it's 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 these players have all these sensors on them and they have their own personal trainers. And, you know, I guess... It's easier to get in the peak, tip-top physical condition when you have somebody that's solely and completely devoted to getting you there. Is there anything that us, you know, Joe Schlub hockey player, weekend warrior guys can use here to improve our games? Yeah, that's a great point. I did check out Polar Team Pro, and you may too if you like it. They're online, and they have a lot of associations with minor league hockey and professional teams and and other sports as well, soccer. One of the cool things that they developed is a a compression shirt, which has the data-gathering device in it, and you can yeah get that stuff instantaneously. For us, again, I looked into it. It's really expensive. It's a few hundred bucks and, and so on and so forth. And then each individual device, if you get the wrist device, if you get the shirt, whatever, that can run you a few hundred bucks as well. But uh, I think you said it best, things like the, the Fitbit and, and things of that nature, where you kind of track your sleeping habits and your steps that you take and things, and you can even track your diet. That's going to help you a lot too. But with this specific thing, and exactly, it's just one trainer, so you're not getting any advice from anybody else. It's you're all on the same page, and hopefully that he knows his players very well, and you have a good trust between them, and you have a plan to stick to, and you do it. So I like that. But for us regular folk, yeah, it would probably be a little bit too costly for us, and I think it probably benefits teams with the price tag and stuff of that nature. But for us, I guess, yeah, like you said, the Fitbit and things that we can do are a little bit heart monitors and stuff like that, but not in this depth. Now, does Sting come as part of the package or is he extra? That would just be, yeah, I I don't know what you can possibly do to afford Sting because he's just a megastar and his time is precious. So that, forget it. Don't even try it. All right. Well, that's good to know. Thank you. Yeah, you got it. All right. Well, moving on, we will move on to the thing that you need to be in shape for, which, well, maybe not you specifically, but you should be in good shape if you plan on playing in a ball hockey tournament or really a tournament of any kind, but, you know, for the purposes of this segment, a ball hockey tournament. So some of the ball hockey tournaments that are coming to our area and possibly yours are, well, first off, we talked about this last week is the upcoming Rose Charities Tournament. Yes, sirree. So exactly. That's what kind of prompted the previous article to see what's going on with that aspect, if there's a way that you can stay in shape and and have a goal to reach and achieve it. The Rose Charities Tournament, exactly as Gary and I mentioned when we brought it up with John in the previous podcast, that is coming on on September, excuse me, that is, that is happening on Saturday, April 21st, right here in Manhattan. And we will have links to check that out for you if you want to join in. And it's for a great cause as well. The cool thing about that is, well, the challenging part about it is there are two 20-minute, or I think it's 22 minutes, actually, periods. it's 20 minutes this year. The website described it as a 40-minute game. So I believe they've reduced the time of the game slightly. That's good. (laughs) Yes, agreed. um, Yeah, anyone 18 and older can play. It's non-contact, of course. It's uh, street hockey and it's fun. It's played inside of a rink and adjacent basketball courts, which, again, you better be in really, really good shape and uh, have your cardio working for you. So the five of us that are participating in this year's tournament, we are working hard and trying to get ourselves in top shape and hopefully get some more practices in as well to have fun and participate and and help our team go all the way or at least go as far as we can. Um, I just want to win a game. Like, I'd love to win three, four, five games I just want to win one to, you know, just, just, just to break the cherry on that. I, I think the first year we played, James, we played three games. I think I was like, oh, two and one. And last year, I think we wound up oh and three. <laughs> so yeah. I, I really, I just want to get my team a win. Like that's, that's all I ask. Is that too much to ask? No, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, I think that that may be an indictment of me as a goalie, certainly an indictment of my endurance, but I, I want to get there. I got to get there, right? The, 
you know, the odds are in my favor, right? I can't just keep not winning games, right? Yeah. <laughs> the dam's got to break eventually. I, I think so, especially having John and Chris and, and Rob. I mean, that that's so cool that this year, at least as far as I know, the first year that they're allowing a few teammates to play together, because in the past it was just poor Gary was stuck with me, and then we were on a random team together. But this year, we uh, with John on the team and the good camaraderie that we have and the young players that we have as well, I think we're going to do all right. So I, I, getting one win is the least of it. So we'll knock that off of our checklist. And uh, we're not trying to talk trash or anything. We're just we feel confident. We feel good. And that's the other great thing about this tournament that we've played in. This will be our third Gary's and my third tournament, Rose Charity is that everybody who plays is really a good, friendly player, and uh, everyone knows what he's doing, uh, guys and girls. It's a lot of fun. It's real teammates, and everybody gets an equal amount of ice time or deck time, so you don't have to worry about anything like that. Everyone's included. And, and again, we uh, were inspired by Brett, who made the final last year in his first ever Rose Charity, so he made LIQ very proud, and we want to do the same thing this year. So come on out. Saturday, April 21st, registration begins at 9 a.m. if you show up the day of, but we'll have the website where you can sign up ahead of time, which I definitely recommend you do that, to do it ahead of time. And uh, then the games start at 10 a.m. and usually end around 4 o'clock or so. So it's a lot of hockey. Again, it's two 20-minute periods, six on six, full teams and, and line changes and everything like that. It's a lot of fun, but it's very grueling. It's very challenging, and it's for a good cause as well. Yeah, and the thing that I am most looking forward to, the temperature is currently projected to be 57 degrees that day. <laughs> yeah. Considering last year it was 85, and I threw up after the last game just from heat exhaustion and dehydration. Uh, it was, it was I could barely move by the end of that tournament last year. And I, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to sweat anyway, but man, it's like, with me, I, I can't speak for everybody, but for me personally, when it's that hot, it's like it's like somebody has stuck one of those like liposuction needles in me and is just vacuuming out my energy. Like it, it's it's really it, it's physically debilitating to me when it gets that hot. So I am looking forward. This will be like a weight off my shoulders just to have it at a you know temperate temperature, and and I. Oh, man, I can't tell you how much I am looking forward to it not being ridiculously hot that day. Yeah, fingers crossed. That That is the first goal among uh, uh, many goals that we have is that the weather cooperates. You're not exaggerating because last year it really was that hot and it was late April and it just came out of the blue, too. It was just all of a sudden it went from like 50 degrees to 85 and the sun was out. There was no clouds we were wearing because you have to wear either black jerseys or white jerseys or white shirts or black shirts to distinguish your, the teams among mm -hmm. each other. And we got stuck with wearing the black jerseys all three games that we played. Lucky we us. Played, yep. We, we played the first game and then we sat around for a little while. It was about an hour. Then, we sat around yeah, for about an hour. And then we had back to back yep. games roasting in the sun. So. Yeah, we tried our best. We never gave up. But boy, oh boy, um, between the teams that we faced, <laughs> Mother Nature was was probably the worst opponent that we faced that day. So hopefully it's not the case this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm very much looking forward to that day. And, and if you're available and you're in the New York area or you can get to the New York area relatively easily, come out and play with us. Because even if you're not on our team, it really is a great day for a great cause. And, you know, it's we're, we're joking about how oppressively awful the heat was and how, you know, uh, we lost a lot and, and all of those things are true. But even in spite of all that, it was still a really good time. And, you know, I think that speaks volumes to the kind of tournament and the kind of people that play in it that, that you're dealing with here. So if you have the opportunity to come down and play, play. Yes. And for all of our friends up in Canada. Coming up on May 11th and 12th, a two-day deck hockey tournament. Because they do, yeah, they, they know what they're doing up in Canada, baby. When especially when it comes to hockey, so yeah. definitely tap our sticks to that. But they have the, a lot of experience with it. They do. The AMGH Foundation, the Alexandra Marine and General Hospital Foundation. Oh, my wife uh, watches that soap opera. Yeah, it's her favorite. Yeah, I don't know if it maybe. Anyway, Luke um, and Laura, and yeah. um. 
Sunny, Sun, she likes Sunny. Yep, yep. Okay. He's 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 like her favorite character, and um, Jason. Yeah, I know him. I mean, not personally. He's a television character, but um, uh, um, R- Robin. She likes Robin. Robin. Mm-hmm. She's. I don't think she's on the show anymore. I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna ask. She's she's in the kitchen. I'm not gonna look at her. Okay. I'm sure she's looking at me with like, a, what is he talking about? Why is he talking about General Hospital? I'm not. I'm not going to turn around. I'm just going to take it on faith uh, that she's, yeah. Um, so yes, y- y- I, uh, I I had no idea they were involved in this tournament. Uh, uh, I, th- there might be another General Hospital, but these guys are up in Ontario. You uh, know what's of- cool about but, that? Yeah. Your stick, your 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 Riker, mm-hmm. number one. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. Yep. You know who Jonathan Frakes is married to? Laura yes. from General Hospital. Oh wow! Perfect. Well done. Yep. Okay. See, it all comes back. All comes back around. The American Rhino. You are something else, baby. And if Jonathan Frakes is at this tournament, I might have to go see him. No question. Absolutely. I, I hope he wouldn't be offended that I named a hockey stick after him because to me that 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 means so much and, and it should be a compliment. But, I'm sure he'd get a big kick out of it. Yeah, I hope he doesn't beat me over the head with his slide trombone. But well, you know, or phase I mean, I, me for something. He might think it's a little weird that you drew the beard on the hockey stick, but um, <laughs> no, I no, stop it. Don't get me in trouble with number one, please. <laughs> <laughs> growing anyway. a beard is a sign of, of improvement that's it's literally a term that people use to describe tv shows hitting their stride growing the beard oh okay because of course that's what happened on star trek the next generation commander Riker. the first season was clean shaven and then he grew his beard and the show got better <laughs> i'm sure those things are in no way coincidental they're 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 very intrinsically linked together, and I'm not going to analyze it any further than that. Okay, but uh, but yeah, if you want to grow your beard for this tournament, you have plenty of time to do so. I already and, have one. Do I have to yeah. shave it and regrow? Because I really don't want to shave. No, no, no. You're good. Okay, you're, you're right. ahead of the game. Okay, yeah. thank you. So the AMGH Foundation they have a three on three two day tournament up in Ontario, and it's a hundred bucks per team. But the cool thing, it's all fundraising for uh, medical equipment used in the hospital. And it, it helps the province's hospitals and the community as well. And really does a lot for the, uh, again, like we were saying before, how Canada is a much bigger country than the United States, but there are a lot less people living in it. So the towns are really small and tightly knit and everybody knows each other. And it's, it's really sweet and, and it takes a village type mentality. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, th- th- that that's what it's all about. And again, we'll have the link to, if, if you're able to go up there or if you just want to donate to it, we'll have the link on our Facebook and Twitter pages as well. And again, pre-registration begins, actually it ends by April 27th. So if you're up in the area or if you know somebody in the area who's interested in doing it, please do so before then. You have and exactly two weeks as of the release date of this podcast. That's right. And yeah, man, I mean, a two-day tournament. So that just sounds like a blast. And again, it's three-on-three, deck tournament, great cause. Go do it. So how does that work? Like, I don't, I guess you play a handful of games the first day and you play a handful of games the second day? Or is it like the first day is seeding and then the second day is the tournament, uh, the like the elimination stuff or any idea how that works? Yeah, I tried looking into that. I, I'm, I'm with you. That makes the most sense that possibly day one is Lord knows how many teams they could get. I mean, especially for three on three, you could probably get a few dozen teams to participate. So maybe they do like a round robin for that. And then, yeah, I'd imagine that day two would be what we're doing in the Rose Charities on April 21st, where it's kind of like you have the final eight teams and then you battle it out from there and play you know, three to five games or whatever to uh, get to the championship. And they'll probably have a third place game and stuff like that, like a la Olympics or something. Sure. Well, last year they had 18 teams. And this year, last year they had 18 teams and it was only one day. So this year they're hoping to have more and they've expanded it to two days. So maybe they found it difficult to you know, fit in all of those teams. 
I don't know how many rinks they're running right. at any given time, but I can see with 18 teams them having to kind of cram things in to get all, all the things done that they need to do. So I guess I get the two-day thing, although I will say if you're not local to that area, you will have to account for lodging in mm-hmm. that case. So it's $100 a team, but if you're spending another $100 on a hotel room or you know or more, I don't know what the rates are in Ontario, but you know that that's that that can get pricey and I'm not saying hockey isn't worth it especially since it's going to a good cause. Well, part of it is going to a good cause. I I imagine the hotel fees are just going to the hotels. But, you know, it's 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 something you have to consider. There you go. So yeah, so don't blame us. Or you could just sleep in your truck, eh? Yeah, speaking of sleeping in your truck, that brings us to the world's longest hockey game. Yeah, this is this is a thing here. You <laughs> If you haven't heard about this, perk your ears up because <laughs> you're going to want to hear about this. Yeah, I'm not going to whine. I was talking off air with Gary because he's such a manly man and, and he has so many things that he like his knees and things like that to overcome where he doesn't ever complain or make excuses about anything. So talking about playing a 20 minute or, or you know, a few games in the heat that are uh, two 20 minute periods. I guess halves. Uh, I'm not going to complain about it because these people competed in 251 hours of one hockey game, which sets the world record of the longest hockey game ever. Yeah. So this wasn't just a bunch of people who were bored for a week or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> this was this is a fundraiser for cancer research. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It was born out of really unbelievable. The uh, Dr. Brent Sayek. S-A-I-K, Sayek, I suppose is how you pronounce his last name. Forgive me for mispronouncing it. But unfortunately, he lost his father to that horrible disease. And on his deathbed, the father asked Brent to make sure that nobody else would go to that hospital because of that horrible disease. And Dr. Uh, Sayek is actually an optometrist for the Edmonton Oilers. So he did his best to make sure that they'd raise funds to especially for children. It's mostly geared towards children that they never have to deal with that horrible disease in any way, shape or form. And then when he did a couple of baseball tournaments and golf tournaments over the years to fulfill his promise to his father, Dr. Sayek lost his wife to the horrible disease. So, I mean, that's just talk about pain and suffering and and wrong and unfair. That gentleman, the doctor had to live through that. But it didn't stop him, and it just kind of inspired him a little bit more, I guess. And from 15 years ago and, and going on to now, he tried to come up with the world's longest hockey game of all time because apparently people in Buffalo did it. I think it was like 80-something hours or something like that. But it's really – we'll get into the specifics in a minute to uh, for the Guinness people to recognize that, the world record to recognize that it's the longest hockey game or whatever the case is. But he fast forwarded to uh, this year, February 9th through the 19th, celebration of hockey, charity, and spirit, and an outdoor event, by the way. And the weather didn't cooperate either. But they, for 10 and a half days, played hockey virtually 24 hours a day through the 10 and a half days, just for helping others and, and, and promoting money and charity work for that. The first five games that he tried doing this, Dr. Sayek, 03, 05, 08, they raised about $3.5 million in Canadian dollars. And then this year, their goal is to raise $2 million, and they've already raised $1.2 million for the Alberta Cancer Foundation and Cross Cancer Institute. And that's the uh, institute where Dr. Sayek's father passed away in. So that's where this all stemmed from. The other great thing is that everything that they've done is based on helping children with cancer, as we said before. And it's all on Dr. Sayek's property, by the way, the, the rink. And he's devoted, I don't know, something like a quarter of a million or, or something, a really huge price tag to put the rink in his facility. And it's a full facility too, because there are chefs, 24-hour chefs on hand, there are doctors on hand, and people needing to sleep and, and relax and when they're not playing and stuff like that and, and masseuses and stuff. So it's a full facility and that's how big this man's heart is and God bless him. Yeah. So I want to talk about the logistics of this thing because it's crazy. Like it's crazy. So basically you've got your teams, you've got two teams of 20 players and that's it. You've got 20 players 
the 20 players that start the game are the 20 players that end the game. It, you know, 200 and whatever hours later, 250 hours later. There are no substitutions, even in the case of injuries. If you, you know, you have to be there at the beginning and you have to be there at the end or you're, you know, you're not eligible. You, you, I don't know, forfeit or you have to, whatever. So you have to stay on the property at all times from the beginning of the game to the end. The game takes place, as James said, on Dr. Sykes' property, but they can't leave. They cannot leave the property. Nobody from, you know, any, none of the 40 players or the officials or, you know, any, anybody who's involved in this game are allowed to leave the property over the course of, in this case, it was, what, what did we decide? How many days, James? Ten and a half days. Yeah. Ten and a half days. Yeah. Okay. So you're, st- you're there for ten and a half days. So usually we just kind of give you the highlights of these articles, but I want to read this because this is crazy to me. So the game is played continuously, essentially continuously over the course of this, this game. Every hour they are allowed a 10 minute break to resurface and clean the ice. So for every hour of continuous play, they're allowed 10 minutes to resurface the ice. So all of that dictates a schedule for the players that involves four, five, or six-hour shifts yep. playing the game, alternating with rest and sleeping periods. Most days, each player will play between 14 and 16 hours. 14 and 16 hours of hockey for 10 days. Yeah. In a row. Yep. So to share the burden and try to maximize whatever rest is possible, the group tries to schedule six skaters and a goalie per team for each hour of the game. So there's always one substitute skater to relieve a player who's tired. That means if you're doing the math on that, that means that the the same line stays out for for the duration of that four, five, six hour shift with one substitute player. And so during rest periods, the players are allowed to have showers and medical treatments and they sleep in a row of RVs that are parked behind the guy's house. So if you're not playing hockey, you're showering or sleeping in an RV. It's, I just, I can't like 11 days, James, 11 days of this i i can't imagine how they are able to i don't know how they're able to do one let alone 11 yeah and uh an an hour i mean regular hockey obviously 20 minute period so the zamboni comes out after every 20 minutes but the zamboni is not coming out till after a full game has been played you know the equivalent of one game full game being played and exactly i mean 14 and 16 hours and a six hour shift I'm not going to complain when I'm out there for six minutes at a time anymore. And granted, it wasn't 85 degrees, but what it was was 20 below when they started. The first day of the tournament, it was 20 below. Like, how do you feel your feet after an hour, let alone four or five or six, let alone 11 days? Yeah, and everybody with with as big a heart that uh, men and women, by the way, that participated in this new record... They compensated for that because they knew what the weather was going to be like, or at least they've done this in the past for the, the previous games. And they, one of the tips that they did is they bought skates that were too big so that they could put multiple layers of socks underneath. Mm-hmm. And then they wrapped the skates with like these uh, baggies and stuff like that, too, to help make sure that their feet weren't totally completely numb, among other things. Because it was outdoors, too, if we didn't mention that before. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So... James, eventually this game did come to an end. And what was the final of the game? You you lay that one on everybody, please. Well, at least tell us what the leading scorer, how many goals the leading scorer scored. Okay. A uh, TSN radio morning show host, Dustin Nielsen, uh, is involved in this. And he led the, this is one game, okay? The 251 hours. He was the leading scorer with 323 goals. One man by himself, 323 goals in one game. The final score <laughs> was 1,830 <laughs> to 1,691. <laughs> And I mean, honestly, as a goalie, yeah, 
Anytime you can keep the game within 139 goals, that's a win. <laughs> yeah, um, you you handled that beautifully. I, I was I was hoping that you weren't going to pass out from that final score. I I just I don't like. You know what? I will say this: it's for a good cause, just like mm-hmm. the Rose Charities. This this is for a a great cause, and it actually makes me feel a little better. I gave up 11 goals once, and I feel pretty bad about myself. I've never given up 1,830 goals. God bless you. I don't think you will give up 830, uh, whatever the heck it was, 1,830 goals in your career. So. I've never even given up 1,691. Uh, so, <laughs> you know what? I, I, I feel a lot better about my game. Hopefully, I don't get close to that in the Rose Charities. So, Amen, brother. You know. So I got that going for me. (laughs) Last minute remaining in the podcast. Thank you, Pops. Okay, well, that's going to do it for this episode 94 of the Hit the Deck podcast. And, of course, we would like to thank Pops for being the voice of the podcast. Thank you to Anthony Sejazi for providing music to the podcast, the LIQ for sound effects. Thank you to you for listening to another episode of Our Ramblings. And thanks to everybody who's participating in these charity tournaments and games and things for helping to raise money for a good cause. You should be proud of yourselves, all of you, one and all. And so uh, that being said, if you would care to contact us for some reason, if you'd like to talk to us, if you'd like to open a dialogue, if you have a question, comment, concern, suggestion, if you'd like to be on the podcast, whatever, please feel free to email us at hitthedeck, that's D-E-K, Hit the deck at gmail.com or tweet at us at hit the deck pod on Facebook and Instagram. We are at hit the deck and we are hit the deck podcast on YouTube. And if you would like to subscribe to this podcast, we would really like it if you did that. So if you would subscribe to us, if you would consider subscribing to us, consider subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or the Podbean app or any number of other places where you get your podcasts. And while you're subscribing, if you're on iTunes anyway, please feel free to leave us a review. We would really, really, really appreciate it if you review us on iTunes. It helps people notice the podcast. So if you could do us a solid in that way, we would very much appreciate it. James, is there anything that you would care to add? Thank you, sir. Hopefully we'll see you at the Rose Charities Tournament. And uh, if you come up to say hi, uh, we'll give you a sticker. Yeah, absolutely. We will have stickers in abundance at the Rose Charities Tournament. So, uh, you know, come say hello and we'd be happy to chat with you. So until then, well, we'll we expect to talk to you before then. So in the meantime, let's say in the meantime, in the meantime, I will leave you with this piece of sage advice as ever. Whether you are somebody who is in peak physical condition or somebody who's just managed to drag yourself off the couch, grab a stick and go out and play, whether you are out there playing in a charity tournament for a minute, an hour, or 11 days, regardless of what you happen to find yourself doing, I would urge you to remember it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. Personally, I uh, get all my playoff picks from Psychic Octopi. (laughs) Whatever works.